This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Only four more big sleeps until Santa arrives. Yeah, I hope you've all been good boys and girls. <laughs> uh, tonight we begin with the trip back to 1949 for another story of Richard Diamond featuring William Powell. You know, throughout William Powell's meteoric music career during the 30s, Powell was the baby-faced crooner that preceded Frank Sinatra in setting the Great Depression-era gals' hearts to fluttering. Given the studio system of the era... Powell found himself only offered musicals or musical comedies in his film career. And whenever he would seek more dramatic roles, the studio heads would veto the project. But largely on the strength of his critical and popular success in the movie Murder, My Sweet, he persuaded F.W. Fitch, the sponsor of his long-running Fitch bandwagon radio variety series, to give Powell a try at a detective mystery series for the 1945 summer season of Fitch Bandwagon, which was eventually retitled Rogue's Gallery. The show was an almost instant hit for Powell and resulted in an eventual franchise of seven years of Rogue's Gallery, three of which starred Dick Powell as Richard Rogue. And while his critical and popular success in film continued to rise, his sponsor of long-standing F.W. Fitch, well, he was being sued by the government over its elaborate claims to cure dandruff. Wow, that must have been a hair-raising event, huh? A Powell left the Fitch-sponsored Rogues Gallery franchise upon completing the summer series of 1946, but within two years, Dick Powell at NBC struck a deal to essentially reintroduce Powell's Richard Rogue character as Richard Diamond, private detective, or as it was often referred to, Richard Diamond, the singing detective. Tonight, we'll hear about The Christmas Club. as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hello there, this is Diamond. Well, it's Christmas Eve. And every year about this time, my business takes a big nosedive. People usually pack up their troubles and start unpacking colored lights and Christmas tree ornaments. So tonight, instead of telling you about one of my hair-raising exploits, we're going to tell you a Christmas story. So with apologies to Mr. Charles Dickens, we'd like to bring you an adaptation of one of his most famous stories, A Christmas Carol. Now, I'd uh, better explain something first. This version isn't exactly the way you've heard it many times before, because the particular type of characters I usually get mixed up with, this story is written to fit their talents and characteristics. 
different from the Dickens original, certainly, but we feel that this story could easily happen today anywhere. Like maybe right here in New York on a little side street just off the Bowery. So now I'd like to introduce our characters. Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge will be played by my good friend and guiding hand of the 5th Precinct Homicide Division. Lieutenant Walter Levinson. Walt? Otis. <clears throat> the character of Jacob Marley will be played by one of my dearest friends and constant companions. Otis, that's you. Yeah? Oh, uh, Sergeant Otis Loveloon. Loveloon. <laughs> Walt. Oh, I'm sorry, Helen. Uh, Tiny Tim will be played by our corner newsboy. Johnny Rollins. Uh, Tiny Tim's mother will be played by my red-headed gal friend. Helen Asher. The rest of the characters will be played by members of the 5th Precinct Police Station. Officer O'Reilly. Officer Lund. Officer Lefkowitz. Sergeant Miller. <laughs> the music will be furnished by the 5th Precinct Police Band, directed by Patrolman Worth. And now, our version of the Christmas classic, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Once upon a time, there was a nasty old guy named Ebenezer Scrooge. He was nasty, all right. He didn't like anything, except maybe all the dough he could get his hands on. Scrooge had a little business that he started with his partner, Jacob Marley. The outfit was known as Scrooge and Marley Loan Company. But one day, poor old Marley just up and keeled over. So the boys along the big street gave him a nice funeral, and old Scrooge took over the business. Well, Marley had been dead for seven years, and Scrooge lived alone in his little room over the office. And for a hobby, he hated everybody. He had a young guy working for him by the name of Bob Cratchit. Bob had a wife and four kids and made just enough to make ends meet. Scrooge used to ride him all the time. When it got so cold the polar bears complained, Cratchit would turn on the little heater. And Scrooge would say, Cratchit! What do you think you're doing? Turning on the heat, that's what I'm doing. My fingers look like popsicles. Well, I don't care if they come in six delicious flavors. Every time you turn on that heater, it costs me money. Business is not good, so get back to your work and turn off the heat. Oh, now look, Mr. Scrooge, I'm freezing. Now, this pen ain't guaranteed to write under ice. I tell you once more, get back to your work. Okay, Mr. Scrooge. I don't know why you worry about business. Why not just put up a sign, turn the joint into a skating rink? Well, this was no time for any decent guy to act like that. It was Christmas Eve. Along about five o'clock into the office came Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Well, Merry Christmas, Bob. Oh, Merry Christmas, Fred. You get back to your work, Cratchit. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Uncle. Oh, swell. Merry Christmas. Uh, humbug. Humbug? Yeah, humbug. My old man didn't like Christmas, and that's what he used to say. Humbug. Okay, humbug. But it's still Christmas, and I don't see where you get off not liking it. This is supposed to be the time everybody gets with it. Everything stops. It ain't much good, and you put your arm around the next guy, you tell him Merry Christmas. I'll put my arm around you with a hammer on the end of it if you don't lay off that goodwill stuff. Look, what's with you? What have you got against Christmas? You show me a way to make a hundred bucks every Christmas, and I'll fall in love with it. Every time the holidays roll around, nobody pays their bills, and they all run around like they own the Chrysler building. Look at you. Sixty bucks a week and you're coming on like Rockefeller. Well, sure, I make a lousy sixty bucks, but it ain't easy. But once a year, something happens with everybody in this big world. 
Well, nearly everybody. Because this is a day that somebody else started to make things right for us. And he had a really tough time doing it. It's more than just remembering it. It's feeling. It, it's all around you. Christmas has got to be merry. Don't you get it? You want me to be merry? Well, sure. Then go get some of these joyous clients of mine to pay off their loans. The missus asked me to invite you over for dinner tomorrow. Now, don't hold your breath. Okay. Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Fred. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, humbug. Late that evening, Scrooge went upstairs to his room, the room where Jacob Marley used to stay. It was dark in the little hall, and when Scrooge reached for the door, he looked up at the big brass knocker and saw... <gasps> Holy cow! I could have sworn that was old Jake's face in the knocker. I must be working too hard. So in he went. A little shaky after seeing Jake Marley's face, but he just passed it off his nerves. He closed the door and locked it, then went over and sat down in front of the fireplace. He got a fire going and started to relax. But every tile around the fireplace started looking like Jake Marley's face. Oh, now, come on, Ab, old boy. you got to get hold of yourself. This is ridiculous. And I haven't touched a drop in weeks. He got up and walked around the room a few times and went back and sat on again. He stretched, rested his head on the back of the chair. From somewhere, a bell started chiming and Scrooge sat straight up in his chair. He heard something else, too. Something from downstairs. What the... Oh, now, what is that? What's going on? Who's that? Come on, who's out there? Then all of a sudden, it came right through the wall. Marley! Jake Marley! Oh, no, no! I, I got to stop eating lobster. Oh, it couldn't be. Hey, what's with you? Who are you? Jake Marley. Who else? You're dead. The deadest. But nevertheless, Jake Marley. His ghost. You are very sharp today, Scrooge, old boy. I don't believe it. You got eyes, ain't you? Yeah, and I got a bad stomach, too. That's who you are. Nothing but a bad case of indigestion. You don't think I'm a ghost, huh? Okay, maybe a good scare will change your mind. Whoa! Oh, no, 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 no. Stay away from me. I believe you. Sold on the idea? Yeah, yeah, but why do you got to come to see me? Regulations. Every man is supposed to live his life and help his buddies. If he don't do it while he's alive, then he's got to do it after he kicks off. Oh! Now, stop that. Hey, what's with all those chains and things you got wrapped around you? Oh, these? Well, this here chain is like my life. Each one of these links is something I did wrong. But why do you have to hold it around with you? Why don't you check it someplace? Scrooge, old boy... When we was in business together, I never took time out to do any good. I just kept making a buck and figured that was enough. Well, now I got to pay for it. I got to haul this chain around and try to make up for all the things I didn't do when I was alive. But why come to me? Because you're going to end up just like me unless we do something in a hurry. Now, I haven't got much time, so you better listen. Oh, I don't want to be like you. I'll listen. Okay. You're going to have three visitors. You're going to be haunted by three spirits. Oh, no. It's the only way you can keep from being like me. When you hear that bell strike one, the first one will be here. 
Well, I got to be going. You won't see me again, but you remember what I told you. So long, Scrooge, old boy. Your goosebumps can relax now. After the ghost took off, Scrooge just refused to believe it. Ah, nuts. It's ridiculous. Humbug. Then he climbed into the sack and was soon snoring up a storm. When Scrooge awoke, it was still dark, and the bell from the church on 53rd Street was striking 12. He laid awake listening and thinking to himself. Just a dream. Ghosts. Bah! Finally, he dropped off again and slept for about an hour. Then the big bell struck one. One o'clock and I don't see no ghost. I knew it was something I ate. All of a sudden, a big light flashed in the room. The first of the spirits stood before him. Oh, Jake was right. Are you the first spirit that Jake said would come to haunt me? Yeah, you know it. Well, who are you? Me? I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah? How long past? Your past. Come on, we're going to take a walk. Where are we going? Just relax. I'm running this tour. Well, let me get my pants. Uh, You got them. Hey, they're on me. With that, the ghost of Christmas past grabbed Scrooge with the hand and they both flew out of the window. Scrooge nearly lost his upper plate. But before he could yell for help, he was standing in front of a dirty, ramshackle old tenement building. You uh, know where you are? Sure, I know where I am. This is where I was brought up. Even the garbage cans are the same. You had a pretty tough time when you were a kid, didn't you? The toughest. I wasn't very big, and the rest of the kids in the neighborhood were. I had more black eyes than a crow. You want to go in? What for? To see your folks. My folks died a long time ago. They're in there now. Come on. Well, the ghost took old Scrooge into the building and showed him a Christmas years past when he was a child with his family. Lord, it was tough living in two little rooms like that. But Scrooge remembered how wonderful it really was. (laughs) What's the matter, Scrooge? Huh? Oh, got something in my eye. You were pretty lonely when your folks... uh, When they... Yeah. You know... There was a young kid that came around earlier this evening and sang some carols. I wish... Yeah, uh, what do you wish? Oh, nothing. Come on. I want to show you another Christmas. The spirit showed him another Christmas and still another. And you know, no matter how tough Scrooge remembered his childhood had been, it always seemed that Christmas was wonderful. Then the spirit took him to a building down to the river where Scrooge got his first job. They went inside and seated behind a desk, Scrooge spotted Fizzywig. Well, I'll be darned. It's old Fizzywig alive again. And there's Dick Wilkins. He was a good boy. We got along great. He liked me. Okay, everybody, it's Christmas Eve. You can knock off and have yourself a good time. You better lock up, Dick. Sure, right away, Mr. Fezziwig. Hey, don't look so unhappy, Ebenezer. It's Christmas. Come on home with me and tear into a big turkey. All locked up, Dick? Yes, sir. Ready, Ebenezer? Yes, sir. Okay, let's go and have Merry Christmas, you two. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Merry Mr. Fezziwig. Mr. Fezziwig. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
Then the spirit took Scrooge over to Fezziwig's house, and they saw the wonderful party that Mrs. Fezziwig had gotten together. Scrooge watched and remembered, and the spirit said, Wasn't Fezziwig a stupid, sentimental old goat? Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. He was a great guy, he was. You know... What, Scrooge? I was just thinking about Bob Cratchit, who works for me. I think I'd like to do something for him. You know he's got a wife and four kids? Is that right? Yeah, four kids. Come on, I've seen enough. Okay, but you've got to see these things if you want to get squared away. And believe me, brother, you need squaring away. Let's go home, Scrooge. Before he knew it, Scrooge was back in his little room and the spirit was gone. Scrooge was pretty beat and he climbed into bed and dropped into a heavy sleep. What's that? It's two o'clock. Hey, that light in the other room. I got burglars. Hey, Scrooge. Scrooge, come on in. Who's that? What are you doing in the other room? Come on in. Take a look. It's pretty nifty. Hey, what is this? What have you done to the room? It looks like Macy's window. Where'd you get all the holly and the mistletoe? And how'd you get it in here? You like it? Oh, for Pete's sake, a Christmas tree. Who are you? The ghost of Christmas present. Now, don't tell me you don't like the way I fix things up. I work pretty hard. Oh, the second ghost. Okay, take me wherever you want to go, but believe me, the next time I try the train. Come on, let's go. Now, what do you see? I see bright colored lights. People having a lot of fun. Kids on sleighs. See that building over there? The one with the big wreath on the front door? I got 2020. That's where Bob Cratchit lives. He works for me. Hey, look. There's Bob now. Yes, going into the house. Up all those stairs to the fifth floor. And he's got his little boy on his back. Tiny Tim. Yeah. Got polio last summer. Pretty sick little boy. I know. Bob said he'd need a lot of care if he was ever going to walk again. Let's take a peek. Hi. Hello, honey. You and Tim have a good time? Best. Didn't we, Tim? Yeah, Dad. We watched all the kids on the block on their sleds. Mom, will I ever be able to ride a sled? Of course, Tim. Won't he, dear? Sure thing, Roughneck. Next Christmas, you'll be out there doing belly whoppers with the rest of them. Dad, what's the matter? Your eyes are all wet. <laughs> Nothing, Tim. I just got some snow in them. Want some dinner, Tim? Oh, Mom, stew for Christmas. I'm sorry, Tim. Oh, that's okay, Mom. I like stew. Bob, will you please say grace? Can I say something first, Mom? Of course, Tim. What would you like to say? God bless us. Everyone. What's the matter, Scrooge, old boy? Got some snow in your eyes, too? Tell me something. Sure, if I can. What about Tiny Tim? Oh, can't say for sure. If his old man makes enough money next year to get the right doctors, little Tim will get along just fine. But times are tough. Aren't they, Scrooge? Yeah. Now the spirit of Christmas present took Scrooge to many places and showed him a lot of happiness and a lot of misery. 
And finally, back to his little room, the spirit was gone. Oh, I don't know whether I can take much more of this. Then a new ghost drifted in. This was the worst yet. He was really done up for haunting. He was all dressed in black with one arm sticking out and pointing right at poor old Scrooge. This was the last one of the spirits. Scrooge's knees sounded like castanets on a reducing machine. Okay, okay, you don't have to tell me. You're the ghost of the Christmas that hasn't come yet. You I'm really scared of. The ghost took off a Scrooge right after him. The city disappeared and Scrooge found himself in the outskirts of town standing in the graveyard. The night was howling like it was mad. And as Scrooge looked down, he saw... Hey, what's this? What's this stone? The black spirit stood still and pointed. So Scrooge leaned down and pulled away the bushes and saw it was a tombstone. There's a name here. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, no. No. Look, not this. Believe me, I don't want this. I know I've done wrong, but I'm not kidding. I really know what Christmas means. It doesn't mean just today or tomorrow. It's every day. Every day of your life. I swear I'll do better. Only take me away from this. Let me try. Let me try to make Christmas right for me and everybody else. Please don't let this happen. Give me another chance. Well, don't just stand there. Put your arm back in. You'll catch cold. Well, say something. Suddenly, Scrooge dropped to his knees and reached out for the spirit. But something happened. The spirit started to shrink. Then it collapsed. And when Scrooge looked up... What the... My bedpost. My own bedpost. I'm home. Oh, thank goodness. I lived the past and the present and the future, and now I'm home. Hallelujah. Spirits, wherever you are, believe me. From now on, things are going to be different. Oh, yeah. And thanks. Hey, boy. Yeah? What day is this? It's Christmas. What's with you? Christmas? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I haven't missed it. The spooks did it all in one night. Boy. Yeah? Oh, it's you, Mr. Scrooge. How many papers have you got? I don't know. Why? Well, here's five bucks. Throw them away and go have yourself a Merry Christmas. Gee, thanks, Mr. Scrooge. And a Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, boy, say that again. No, 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 the other. You mean Merry Christmas? Yeah, that's it. Merry Christmas. Okay, okay, I'm coming. What's the matter with you? Can't you see the store's closed? Look, mister, this is... Eb. Ebenezer Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Barney. Huh? Hey, you been drinking? Not a drop. Neil, what's the matter with you? Ain't you going to wish me a Merry Christmas? Wish? Oh, oh sh- sure, sure. Come on in. Wife's upstairs with her mother, but I got a bottle in the back. I think maybe you better have some, something strong. Uh, look, your grocery store's closed, but you could still sell me a turkey, couldn't you? Well, I don't know. Well, you got a couple? They'll just go to waste. What do you want a turkey for? You've been eating at the automat every Christmas for the last seven years. Oh, it's not for me. But nevertheless, I have been invited to my nephew Fred's house for a Christmas dinner. Well, then who's the bird for? Bob Cratchit. You know, the young guy that works for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How much you gonna charge him? 
Here's 20 bucks. That ought to be enough for the bird. No, no, no. It ain't worth that much. You sure you ain't been into something? Well, if it's too much, give the rest to your kid and have him deliver the turkey to Cratchit's house. Here's the address, and don't tell Cratchit who sent the thing. Okay? Okay. Merry Christmas, Barney. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Well, old Scrooge went back to his rooms and took an out, took out an old blue suit out of the mothball. He shook it out, put a few creases in it, and went out into the street. The old boy was really with it. Everybody he passed, he greeted them with Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Huh? Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Scrooge went to church and gave a large donation, and Father McCarthy nearly forgot his sermon. And then Scrooge went out on the street again and down into the Bowery. God bless you, sir, and a Merry Christmas. Isn't it, though? He kept walking and having a great time. Later that afternoon, he arrived at his nephew's house. Well, what the... Merry Christmas, Fred. I've come to dinner. Oh, my gosh. Here, I brought you some presents. Oh, my gosh. Now, don't thank me. It's Christmas, remember? Oh, my gosh. Next morning, Scrooge was early at the office. If he could just catch Cratchit coming in late. And he did. Bob was a good 21 minutes late. Cratchit? Oh, no. You're 21 minutes late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Scrooge. I had a big evening last night. You did, huh? You know what I told you if I caught you fancy putting it in here late again. Okay, so I'm can. You think you got it coming? Oh, I'm too tired to argue, Mr. Scrooge. Jobs are tough enough, and I hate to lose this one, but I'm just too tired. A raise would help, huh? That's the silliest question of the year. Then you got it. It's in that envelope. Voila? Yeah, and maybe after we see how the funds are, we can do something about Tiny Tim. I I don't get it. A a raise? You want to do something about Tim? I don't get it. Sure you do, Bob. Haven't you heard? It's Christmas. Now... Go on home, take the day off. Take the week off. Come back when you feel like it. Merry Christmas. Uh, Mr. Scrooge? Yeah? Merry Christmas. And Scrooge really did it. He was as good as his word, better even. He made it the merriest Christmas ever. And later, things got better, and he took care of Tiny Tim. And sure enough, Tim was out on his sled the next Christmas, doing belly whoppers with the best of them. Every Christmas thereafter, all along the big street, it was said, if anyone knew how to make Christmas merry, old Ebenezer Scrooge was that one. And I hope that can really be said about all of us, just like Tiny Tim said. God bless us, everyone. That's right, Tim. God bless us, everyone. Helen? That was wonderful. Not quite the way Dickens wrote it, but it meant the same thing. Oh, you really like it, baby? Oh, I loved it. No reason in the world why old Scrooge couldn't have been living right here today. You've got the spirit, and that's what counts. How did you like it, Walt? Rick, I gotta hand it to you. It was really great. Uh, Lieutenant? Yeah, what is it, Otis? Uh, 
how'd I do in the play? You were magnificent, Sergeant. You know, I'll bet if I studied for a couple of weeks, I'd get me a part on Broadway. To be or not to be? That's the question. Oh, no. Now, Walt, leave him alone. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Monsieur Otis. Huh? Wouldst thou accompany me over to the punch bowl for a short flagon of nectar? Sure, I wouldst. See you later, Helen, Rick. Yeah. Come on, Barrymore. Let's see if the punch bowl fits your head. <laughs> oh, aren't they lovely? You want something to eat? Uh, hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Listen. They're out here by this window. Come on, let's go listen. Something with them. Oh, no, honey. I don't want to loss at the end. Please, Rick. Come on. All right, all right. I, I tell you what I'll do. Everybody usually sings Christmas songs about snow. I'm going to sing one about sunshine. It's called Melikalikimaka. Melikalikimaka? Well, it means Merry Christmas in Hawaiian. In Hawaiian? Sure. It's a brand new song. They love it over there, and we'll love it here. Melikalikimaka is the thing to say, and haolimaka hee-hee-ho. That's our Christmas greeting in Hawaii, and a happy new year, too. With the hope that Christmas may be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Meli Kalikimaka is Hawaii's way To say Merry Christmas to you Christmas to everybody. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to join that riveter in an aircraft factory and a story of how he organized a Christmas club. Yeah, The Life of Riley is next with William Bendix. (laughs) 
Human beings are improvident creatures, heedless of the future. And thus, banks in this country have had to devise painless inducements for thrift. One of these is the Christmas Club, whereby you deposit a small sum every week for 52 weeks, and then just before Christmas, you go to the teller's window, present your Christmas Club book, and withdraw your savings in a lump sum, which enables you to buy Christmas presents for your friends, who, on receiving them, will exclaim, Ah, what a cheapskate. Standing in line now at the teller's window is Chester A. Riley, who joined the Christmas Club 52 weeks ago. Mrs. Medbury? Yes, that's right. Here you are, $104. I'll take it in 20. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, and 1, 2, 3, 4. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Mr. Roberts? J.J. Roberts. $150, right? Right, I'll take it in 20. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 20, 40, and 10 is 50. Merry Christmas. Thanks, same to you. Who's next? Uh, me, Riley's the name. May I see your passbook? Passbook? I think I got it. Oh, yeah, here. Hmm. You get $2. I'll take it in 20s. Two dollars You only made one deposit all year Is that all? Well, I thought I made uh, I guess it slipped my mind Only two dollars huh? I'm afraid that's all But well, what about interest? Ha, ha, ha yeah, That's what I thought <laughs> Well, I'll take the two dollars Just a minute There's a 75 cent charge for the passbook Oh Well, okay, I'll just 75 cent penalty for failure to make a minimum of ten weekly payments well, okay. I'll, and I'll a 75-cent service charge for mailing notices. Okay, okay. Just give me... You owe us 25 cents. <laughs> I owe you... T- no wonder on the window it says $10 billion reserve. <laughs> now I know where you get it from. Mr. Riley, you... All right, all right. Here's your quarter. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Ah, the same to you. <laughs> Let's get the shopping list finished. Uh, later, Peg. But there's only a few days left till Christmas. Oh, I hate last-minute shopping. Yeah, everything is gone, and all you can buy is junk. Now, come on, Riley. You write the list. Uh, okay, but let's try not to go overboard on presents this year. I, I ain't a millionaire, you know. But we got the Christmas club money. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. You know, dear, that was a wonderful idea of yours. Yeah, it was a wonderful idea. Don't forget Babs and me chipped in every week. And a good thing, too. It'll teach you a lesson in thrift. Yeah, it'll teach them a lesson, all right. <laughs> How much have we got in the club? Huh? Oh, about... We uh, should have $104. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> More or less. Well, what about the interest? Ha, ha, ha. Don't count on interest. Well, did you withdraw the money from the bank? Well, no, not, not yet. Well, uh, don't forget. Do it tomorrow. This will be the first Christmas we won't have to watch every penny. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> now, wait a minute, dear. we got to do this list. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, let's see now. First, the Morrises. What do you think they'd like? Well, they're both crazy about tennis. Well, how about giving them a tennis ball? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. A tennis ball only costs 60 cents. Well, it ain't the gift. It's the thought behind it. I know what to get him. Trudy's redecorating her dining room. We'll get her something for the table, maybe. How about a nice box of toothpicks? <laughs> oh, stop clowning. Who's clowning? They're made of the finest lumber. <laughs> Look, Riley, we can get along without you. You go for your walk. We'll drop this list alone. Well, just go easy. Don't make that list too long. What are you worrying about? The big trick is to shop wisely. Uh. 
You'll be surprised what we can do with that Christmas club money. Yeah, I'll be surprised, all right. Gillis! Oh, Gillis! Yeah, Ronnie! Are you home? Yeah, I'm home in here, Ronnie. Oh. Oh, hi, Gillis. Oh, you're trimming your tree, huh? Yeah, hand me some of them there belts there, will you? Where? Oh, these? Yeah, thanks. I get a big kick out of trimming a tree. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Listen, Gillis. Nothing like Christmas, you know. Yeah, sure. Look, I... Sort of get you, you know what I mean? Inside of you. You feel good. Yeah, I know. Look, I... Warm. You kind of have a glow inside. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm in a spot. Goodwill toward man. Now, that ain't no baloney. On Christmas, I really look at people different. Gillis, what I'm getting at... People ain't just people anymore. They're my brothers. And I'm filled with the spirit of giving. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, you see. I feel like stopping some bum on the street. Some bum and holding out my hand and saying, Brother, take everything I got. Gillis, can you lend me a hundred dollars? I feel like it, but I don't do it. (laughs) Why encourage bums? But look, Gillis, I gotta have some dough. Get lost, will you? You're turning me down, your best friend. You just said you'd give to a bum. Well, with a bum, I got a 50-50 chance of getting it back. With you, I know I won't. <laughs> well, it's only for a couple of days. I'll be getting my Christmas bonus from the boss at the plant. Come on, uh, just 60, uh, 50 bucks, huh? Where am I going to get that kind of a dough? Two days before Christmas, I'm broke. Well, I got to get hold of some dough. Pe- Peg is home now, right now, the list of stuff to buy. Hey, didn't you? Yeah, last year you told me you joined up with a Christmas club. What happened? I didn't pay my dues, so they kicked me out of the club. Please, Gillis, just, just loan me 40 bucks. I'm begging you. Look, Riley, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a grown man begging. Don't beg. Do what any other self-respect a married man would do. Hock something of your wife's. <laughs> Wife? Yeah, jewelry. You know, a wedding ring. Oh, how much could I get on Peg's wedding ring? It only costs $5 to start with. <laughs> only $5? Yeah, that's all she paid for it. <laughs> oh, ain't she got no other jewelry? No, she ain't got... Hey, wait a minute. She, she's got an old brooch of her grandmother's. Yeah, wait anything? Well, it's supposed to be. It's a real antique. She never wears it. Oh, but what's the use of talking? If I pawn it, she'll find out. She don't have to know. You mean take it and not tell her? What? Why, that's stealing. Oh, nothing doing. You won't be stealing. Just borrow it when she ain't looking. Uh, no, I can't do that to pay. Just for a few days. When you collect your bonus, you can redeem it and put it back. Yeah. yeah that's right, just for a few days. Uh, and I'm really doing it for the sake of the family. You, you can't call that stealing. It's really borrowing. Sure, it's just a loan, that's all. Well, sure, you might say I'm just liquidating hidden assets. I'm just transferring the collateral, kind of fiscal fiduciary. <laughs> that's right. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go steal that brooch. <laughs> Should be here somewhere. You're sure she ain't wearing it? Nah, she never wears it. It's too fancy. It's somewhere in this bedroom. Better hurry up and find it. Yeah, Peg will be home soon. Did you look in this here drawer here? Well, how can I? It's locked. Dope. That's where it must be. Yeah? Well, you got the key. Well, pull on it. These locks ain't strong. No. This one is. Let me try. There. Now look what you've done. It's splintered. You can glue it back later. Look for the brooch. <laughs> 
should be in here. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, that's it. Hey, it's got diamonds. Oh, sure, this is the real thing. That's fake. Oh, I'm so tired I can drive. I've never seen this door so crowded. Let's get out of here. Not that way. She'll see us, sir. The window. But, but the room, it's all a mess. No, clean it later. Get going. Come on, open the window. I can't. It's stuck. Let me try. Don't touch your tongue. You'll fix it later. She hit us. Out the window. Come on. Hurry, hurry. Wait, well, it sounded like it came from the bedroom. Now run for it. Why, I could have sworn I heard... Bam. <gasps> Look at this room. Oh, looks like a cyclone went through it. Well, someone smashed that window. And this drawer's been forced. Is anything missing? Oh, well, let's see. <gasps> My brooch. Oh. I kept it here. Oh, Beth, we've been robbed. It's gone. Well, that must have been the burglar we heard. Oh, why wasn't your father here? Oh, what are you going to do, Mother? I'm calling the police. How much do you think you can lend me on it? Well, let's see now. It's, it's a real antique. It belonged to my wife's grandmother. And the setting's old-fashioned. So is my grandmother. <laughs> it's worth around a thousand dollars, huh? Well, it's got some good stones in it. Well, it's probably worth fifteen hundred. Well, not quite. I'll give you a hundred dollars. I'll take it. I better clean up the bedroom. Oh, oh, it's you, Riley. Hank. I didn't hear you come in. Riley, we were robbed. Robbed? Well, now, don't be silly. My brooch is gone. Well, maybe you misled it. Oh, no, no, it was stolen. I heard the thief. Now, Peg, believe me, we weren't robbed. Oh, Riley, use your eyes. Look at this room. Clothing all over the place, pulled out of the drawers. Uh, 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 those California moths. Uh, uh. Riley, <laughs> this is no joke. We were robbed. Well, well. Oh, that reminds me. Here's the money from the Christmas club. Oh, never mind that now. I tell you, we were robbed. and You act as if it's something that happened every day. Yeah, that's right. I should do something. And, and don't you worry. I will. You leave it to me, Peg. Well, where are you going? I'll handle this. Who are you phoning? Hello, Gillis talking. Hello. Oh, it's you, Riley. Police headquarters. Don't call the police. Officer, I want to report a robbery. Since when does a crook report his own robbery? <laughs> a brooch was stolen from Chester A. Now, Riley, 1313 Blue Terrace. I, I already called I, I the can't police. hear a word you're saying. Wait, I'm through phoning. But, Riley... Now, look, Sergeant. Riley, you go on for You judge. catch that crook in 24 hours. Goodbye. Riley, why don't you listen to me? I told you oh, that yeah, I... Just a minute, Peg, the door. Good evening. I'm Sergeant Henderson, police headquarters. What a department. They certainly moved fast ever since the shakeup. Riley, <laughs> I called the police before you got here. Oh, Mrs. Riley? Uh, yes. We believe we found your brooch. Is this it? Oh, yes. Where did you get it? The thief pawned it only an hour ago. Did you catch him? Not yet. <laughs> What's that? I said, not yet. No, but we will. 
The pawnbroker gave us a very good description. He did? I have a hunch it might be someone in the neighborhood. Oh, no, no, it couldn't be. This is a nice, respectable neighborhood. Well, anyway, I'd like to give you his description. Uh, you may remember seeing him around. He's about five foot ten. Five foot ten. <laughs> Riley, what are you doing on your knees? I <laughs> I'm looking for something. Blue eyes. How can you look for something with your eyes closed? Blonde hair. I'm looking for my hat. It's on your head. Thank heaven for that. Oh, what's the matter with you? He weighs about 170. He said his grandmother gave it to him. Never mind. I know who it is. You do? Chester Riley. Now, wait a minute, Peg. I can explain the whole thing. I don't quite understand. Riley. Well, I, I just borrowed it j j just for a few days. I needed the money. I, I didn't want you to find out there's no money in the Christmas club, so... Oh, no! No, I take that back! <laughs> but, but every week we all gave you money! Yeah, well, I borrowed that, too. <laughs> you borrowed that, too! Okay, Sergeant, I'll go quietly. Take me to jail. Well, if Mrs. Riley prefers charges, uh, Mrs. Riley? No. No charges. I'll handle this in my own way. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, good night, ma'am. No, Sergeant, wait. Chester Riley, when I get through with you... Sergeant, come back. As a taxpayer, I demand that you arrest me. I'm entitled to protection. <laughs> and now, back to the life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley with Paula Winslow and John Brown. Craig! Babs! Oh, you're eating already. I'm sorry I'm late for supper. I stopped in at that stool pigeon. I, I mean, pawnbroker. And, and redeemed the... Here's your brooch. Okay. Well, take it. Come on, thank you. I'll put it in your purse. Okay, okay. You don't have to tear my hand off. Put it in yourself. I wasn't going to take anything. Well, might as well sit down and eat. What's for supper, eh? Uh, what are you eating there, Junior? <laughs> Is that pot roast beds? You might answer me when I talk to you. Fine thing, I come into my own house and nobody says a word to me. Not even hello. I'm the head of this house and I insist that somebody say hello. Hello. That's better. <laughs> no, no, you have the wrong number. Now, look here, Peg. I'm entitled to some respect. Respect? You want respect after what you did? Well, I just took the brooch. So I'm not talking about the brooch. But Babs and Junior trusted you. Every week they gave you their nickels and dimes. We saved it out of our allowance. Well, who gave you your allowance anyway? Mom did. I just wanted to make sure you knew. <laughs> we trusted you, Daddy. And you took their money and, and stole it. I didn't steal it. No? Well, what would you call it? Embezzlement? <laughs> I really meant to deposit the money. I, I just borrowed it. And I would have put it back, only Christmas came so sudden this year. <laughs> Some Christmas. No presents. Yeah, we got a tree and nothing under it. 
What will people think? Well, is that all you care about? What people think? My boss will be dropping in Christmas morning to hand me my bonus check. How will it look? Well, whose fault is it? That's beside the point. We got to do something. Just don't try pawning the furniture. <laughs> oh, I'll think of something. I ain't going to have no naked tree in my house. Hi there, Riley. Oh, hi, Muley. Merry Christmas. Yeah, same to you. So long. Merry Christmas. Fine Christmas I'm having. I'd have a merrier Christmas if I was in Forest Lawn. Would you care to bet? Huh? It is I, Dickby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, I didn't recognize you, Digger. What are you doing dressed up as Santa Claus? Oh, I do this every year. Uh-huh. I solicit contributions for the UEPJYS. UEPJYS. The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Ballbearers, Jolly Yuletide Society. <laughs> Charity, you know. Our slogan is, help a body get on its feet. (laughs) I stand on the corner here and I ring my little bell. Listen. (laughs) That's very jolly. I see you've been doing a lot of shopping. No. Oh, you mean these boxes? There's nothing in them. You got any empty boxes, Digger? No. Every box down at my place is filled. (laughs) I'm giving away a lot of gifts this year. Why do you need boxes? Oh, just an idea I got. I I think I have enough. Well, I'd better get on home. Merry Christmas, Digger. The same to you and a happy new year. I wish you happiness, prosperity, and a long life. And believe me, I don't say that to everyone. (laughs) Well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Riley? I'm in the living room, Peg. Well, what are you doing? Riley, what are those packages? Uh, presents for the family. Well, where did you get the money? Oh, don't to... get excited. There's nothing in them. <laughs> Beautifully. I did it. I bought some paper and ribbon. People drop in and see all these boxes, they'll think it's presents. They, they won't know it's really empty. <laughs> that's using my head, huh? That's empty, too. <laughs> I guess it is, only it ain't wrapped as pretty. <laughs> Riley. Oh, Mom. Hey, look at all the presents. Oh, where'd they come from? Don't get excited, children. They're empty boxes. But they got tags with writing on them. That's right. I always say if you do a thing, do it right. This one here is from you, Peg, to me. It's supposed to be an electric blanket. The card says, To my darling husband, may this keep him as warm as my burning love for him. (laughs) Oh, brother. And this one here says, To the best daddy in the world from his love and children. Cute, eh? Well, it's just an idea. Uh, this one here is for you, Junior. Gee, that's a funny-looking package. So long and thin. It's supposed to be a baseball bat. Oh, I wanted a football. I'll make it a football. <laughs> uh, and this here is for you, Peg. Both of them. 
him. I, I got two boxes for you. Hmm. It was very generous of you. Card says, to my love and wife, a merry, merry Christmas. Well, Riley, what are you crying about? That's the way I am. I get so much joy out of giving. <laughs> Time is it, Peggy? Half past eleven. You better go and eat some breakfast. I ain't hungry. Stevenson should be here by now. Maybe he's not coming this year. He better come. I'm counting on that bonus. Why are you all sitting there looking at me like that? It's a fine Christmas morning. Everybody's sitting around like it's my funeral. Hey, here comes your boss, Pop. That's his car. Huh? Yeah, that's it. I told you he'd show up. Now smile, will you? All of you. Remember, it's Christmas. And... <laughs> Merry Christmas, boss. Merry Christmas, Riley. Come in. Come in. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Stevenson. My, what a beautiful tree. Look at all those beautiful packages. Say, you haven't opened them yet. Uh, well, no. <laughs> we, we didn't get around to it. Well, yet. what are we waiting for? Let's open them. No, no. <laughs> Come on, Riley. I love to open presents. No, don't. Play, peg. T- t- yes, let's open them. Oh. <laughs> Here, Riley, this big one's for you. This is yours, Junior. Here's yours, Babs. Well, go on, Riley. Open it. Huh? Yeah, I guess that's better. Well, look at that. An electric blanket. Yes, an electric blanket. An electric blanket? <laughs> but how did... I, I can't understand. How did... How could you win a football? You pop a handbag. Oh, thanks, Riley, Yeah, but yesterday they were empty and... Holy smoke, I never believed it, but there is a Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> Well, how else did it... Oh, Peg. Peg, you went and... Oh, Dumplin', you filled... Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> well, I've got to be running along now, folks. Goodbye. No, wait, 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 boss. Yes? <laughs> did, did, didn't you forget something? Well, uh, let's see. Coat, hat, gloves, cane. Oh, I've got everything. Well, no, goodbye. wait a minute. No, I, I didn't mean that. I I meant, well, it's Christmas. You know, Christmas. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Of course. Stupid of me. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what a cheapskate. A whole year I slave for him and he don't even give me a bonus. I was counting on the bonus. Not for myself. I, I wanted to give it all to you, Dumplin. Just goes to show you can't depend on nobody except your family. Oh, it was, it was wonderful what you'd done, Peg, surprising me like this. I don't know where you got that money to buy all... <laughs> Peg, you, you didn't... The bon- not, not, not my bonus. You, you didn't take... <laughs> Mom sure put one over on you, Pop. She got the bonus from your boss yesterday. You stole my bonus. <laughs> what? You embezzled my bonus? <laughs> What? You borrowed my bonus and you're welcome to it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, dear. I'll tell you one thing, Peg. 
What happened this Christmas taught me a lesson. I should think so. We won't have no trouble with our Christmas fund next year. Uh, this next year, I was thinking we will we'll save three dollars a week. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. wonderful! Okay, now let's shell out for the first deposit. Here's my dollar. Oh, here's my fifty cents. Here's mine. And here's my dollar. Fine. Now, first thing tomorrow, I'll go to the bank and open. A... Hey, Peg! Wait, wait a minute, Peg! What are you taking that money for? I'll put it in the bank. This time, we'll keep it right here in the cream jug, where I can keep an eye on it. <laughs> well, what's the matter with you, Peg? Don't you trust banks? <laughs> Folks, this is Riley, alias William Bendix. All of us, Peg, Babs, Junior, and Digger, are happy to be with you in this warm and wonderful holiday season. You've all been good friends, all you folks everywhere. In the big cities and the little towns and the farms and the ranches all over the USA. Yes, and the boys who are all over the world tonight in uniform. We're thinking of you and hoping you'll be home soon. Our sponsors, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon, join us in wishing you, wherever you are, a Merry Christmas. It's a real thrill to be able to send a holiday greeting to so many people all at once. So let me say again to the friends of the Rileys and Pabst Blue Ribbon everywhere, a very Merry Christmas. Oh, it's the life of Riley when it's Pabst Blue Ribbon you drink. The finest beer served anywhere, so let the glasses clink. Oh, east or west or north or south, there's nothing like it at all. Yes, you're living the life of Riley when for Pabst Blue Ribbon you call. When for Pabst Blue Blue Ribbon invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker by arrangement with Universal International Pictures, now releasing South Sea Sinner, starring Shelley Winters and McDonald Carey. Tonight's script is by Reuben Ship and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger Odell is John Brown. Babs is Barbara Eiler. Junior is Bobby Ellis. And Mr. Stevenson is Alan Reed. Consult your local paper for the correct time of the Life of Riley show on television over NBC each week. Next, it's Jimmy Durante with Don Amici on NBC. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, another Christmas story starring Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke, followed by Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, who will go Christmas shopping. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.